0: Let us be attentive.
1: The Lord will give strength to his people. Bring to the Lord, O sons of God. Bring to the Lord honor and glory. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. I appeal to you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree and that there be no dissensions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brethren. What I mean is that each of you says I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispos and Gaius, lest anyone should say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanas. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Peace be to you, the Vida.
0: Wisdom arise, and let us hear the Holy Gospel.
1: <laughs> Peace be with all.
0: The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us
2: be attentive.
0: At that time, Jesus saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is the lonely place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Peace be to you who proclaim the gospel.
2: Good morning. Who is, who is the smartest person you ever met? Think of that person, the smartest person you ever met. How did that person influence you? Did that person say anything in particular that influenced you in your life? The smartest person I ever met was Dr. Fame Perkins, my advisor at Boston College. Professor Perkins is a famous biblical scholar who among other things wrote many books and notes of many of the notes in the New Oxford Annotated Bible, finished her PhD at Harvard Divinity School at an age so young, 25 years unheard of in the field, and reads theoretical physics in her old age for fun. For fun, theoretical physics. Yes, Dr. Perkins is the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life. But in a forward to a commentary on 1 Corinthians, Dr. Perkins paid homage to her advisor at Harvard who had taught her three hints about how to read the New Testament as follows. The New Testament never quite means what you or the pious think it means. All the little details of language matter and the Bible is the church's book. Its best interpretation nourishes, expands faith by pruning the tree. In other words, there is always more meaning in the text than meets the eye. Seemingly small details of the Bible really matter and the books of the New Testament were written specifically to the people in the church and best understood within the context of the church. These three principles of reading can help us learn and grow in the faith. Let's do this with today's Gospel lesson. First, let's start with the New Testament never quite means what you or the pious think it does. In today's Gospel lesson from Matthew, we read about the feeding of the 5,000. It is not just a miracle story that we read here there's actually much more to it. We miss things. We should not think only about this miracle, but also how it connects to the past, present, and future of God's work of salvation. It doesn't quite mean what we think it means. In the Gospel of Matthew, and the Sermon on the, on the, of the, on the Mount... Christ proclaims that he is the fulfillment, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. One example of that is here in today's gospel reading. Did you know that the feeding of the 5,000 is not the first miraculous multiplication of food in the Bible? In 2 Kings chapter 4, we can read the following about the prophet Elisha quote this is from second Kings a man came from Baal Shalashah, bringing food from the first fruits uh, from the first fruits, to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, "Give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, "How can I set this before a hundred people? So he repeated, give it to the people and let them eat, for thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. He said it before them, they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Does this sound familiar? Christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Just like the feeding of the 5,000, the prophet Elisha's feeding has many of the same elements. A small amount of food is multiplied, they fed a large crowd, and there is a surprising amount of leftovers, and the servants are, uh, um, you know, protest at first. The prophet Elisha prefigured the greater miracle done by Christ. First century Jewish Christians would have found it fairly obvious that the prophet Elisha prefigured Christ, who is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Sometimes today, we just think about the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. We don't think about the larger meaning of, of the New Testament passage and its connection to Old Testament passages. The New Testament never quite means what you or the pious think it does. Second, all the little details of language matters. Klasmata. The hints of the celebration of the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, permeate this text. Christ's actions at the feeding of the 5,000 are similar to the Last Supper, the first Holy Communion when Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Compare that to the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the crowds. See the similarities? Then at the feeding of the 5,000, they all ate. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. The Greek word here for the broken pieces of bread, klasmata, is the same word early Christians used to refer to pieces of communion. The feeding of the 5,000 foreshadows the Last Supper and Christians receiving Holy Communion. All the little details of language matter. They mattered to first century Christians and they should matter to us. Third, let's explore the Bible is the church's book. The Bible was written by members of the church to the church to be read by the church and in the church. Today's gospel passage is no exception. The Bible is written for the church, but the church is not interested simply in historical events. The church is also interested in her present and her future. The forward thrust of the feeding of the 5,000 does not stop with the Last Supper. It extends to us today as we are receiving Holy Communion. We are connected to the feeding of the 5,000 today here at the Lord's Supper. We receive the bread of life as those in the wilderness had received it in Galilee 2,000 years ago. But not only that, the feeding of the 5,000 also extends to our shared future at God's heavenly banquet. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a marriage feast. The prophet Isaiah foretold of a heavenly feast prepared by God for all people. And Christ himself linked the last supper and holy communion to the heavenly banquet when he said at the last supper, I tell you I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Early Christians knew about these and other Bible passages that linked banquets to the future heavenly kingdom. The Bible is the church's book. The Bible is the church's book and it deals with not only the past, but also with our present and future it points to our hope that we too will partake of the heavenly banquet in the end as we have a foretaste of it here at the Divine Liturgy. I want us to take our Bible reading more seriously. We are Orthodox Christians and it is our Bible. If we have children, we should be reading to them every day from the Bible. We can read it on our own or with a spouse. We should read and ask deeper questions. We can join one of our parish Bible studies this fall. We can listen to a Bible study on ancient faith radio. We should strive to dig deeper and remember. The New Testament never quite means what you or the pious think it does. All the little details of language matter, and the Bible is the church's book. Its best interpretation nourishes, expands faith by pruning the tree. Let us all then prune and nurture our study of the Bible in order to expand our faith. Amen.
0: That...